1: what's going on everybody welcome to friday's edition of murph's boston sports talk and as you could tell from the title we have finally did the collaboration with sean over at Guyney's sports pod and let me tell you our collaboration was so fun it was so exciting and it was honestly thrilling because to able to have someone else to talk to sports about was riveting we were able to go back and forth agree on a bunch of stuff disagree on a bunch of stuff just have a natural general debate discussion conversation all that good stuff about sports basically what murph's boston sports talks embodies and we were able to do that with another boston sports podcast just as a quick little note on the side we did have a massive long recording which we didn't really plan on but that's just kind of how it happened you know When you're talking about sports, whether it's Boston or just sports in general, you kind of have, you happen to go and get sidetracked a little bit, having conversations here and there, and next thing you know, you're recording for almost four hours, so that was us, and in that case, we're going to be splitting up our recording into two episodes, part one and part two. Part one will obviously be airing right now, which you're listening to, and part two will be aired on Monday, so you can kind of have a nice little back-to-back action for our podcast uh, collab. Hopefully, you can enjoy both uh, parts. Hopefully, you can enjoy everything that Sean and I put work into and, and enjoy. Without further ado, though, I don't want to waste any more time. Here is Sean and I for our episode. Let's go.
0: What is up, guys? My name is Sean Guiney. I'm the host of Guiney Sports Pod. Obviously, if you're listening on my show, you know me. Uh, with me, also, is a buddy of mine. James Murphy, James. how we doing? Welcome. Thank you, you so much. Your, you host your show, Murphy's Boston Sports Pod or uh, y- Sports Talk.
1: Yes, Murphy's Boston Sports Talk. You can find me on all major listening platforms: Spotify, Google, Amazon, Apple, all the good stuff. And it is a pleasure to finally be doing this collab with you. Um, it's been a little bit in the making, so it's finally um, it's finally relieving and rewarding to have linked up for this. So let's get it going.
0: Definitely, uh, yeah, we were supposed to record a couple of weeks ago, things happened, uh, we couldn't, but we're now back today, uh, a little sickness, <laughs> a little sickness on my part, but uh, nothing to be worried about, but yeah, now we're good, now we're, we're going to get going, like I just told you uh, before we started the show, it's kind of good that we're starting now, because uh, Patriots free agency has gotten underway, and they made a bunch of splashes, a bunch of moves, some of which are surprising, but it's been nuts it's been yeah it's been nuts and I mean I'm lo- I'm looking forward to this next season I got some kind of high expectations I mean they'll probably come back down to a little to earth once the season gets a little closer but mm-hmm. yeah I mean I'm already looking forward to next season
1: yeah I, I next season is going to be very interesting because this is like the first time we've really seen Bill try to buy a team buy a championship team and oftentimes you don't really see that being successful maybe in baseball because they don't have a salary cap but at least in the salary cap sports. You really don't see that all too well. And as much as the Patriots are being hyped up this year, we do have to be conscious of the fact that none of these guys have played together, except, you know, the, who the Patriots are resigning this off season. So all these players, Hunter Henry, John U. Smith, um, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, you know, the offensive players, they never played with each other, nor have they played with Cam Newton. So there's going to be a lot of growing pains for that offense, probably within the first four games or a month. I wouldn't be surprised if they're two and two leaving September. I really wouldn't. But after that, you could see them probably take off because I think that defense is going to be very good this year. And I'm a big fan of defense wins championships, but that offense, though, once they get uh, connected and going, I really feel like, and I can really see them take off.
0: Yeah, we'll get into it a little more later on in the show. Uh, but let, honestly, let's just uh, talk about ourselves quickly. So,
1: absolutely. Uh,
0: yeah. So, uh, my want you to start sure Uh, so a little about yourself for my listeners
1: for your listeners all right so like i introduced myself i am james murphy aka murph i am the host of murph's boston sports talk uh drop new episodes weekly on monday wednesdays and fridays boston sports has been a thing of mine ever since i was a kid to be honest just like sean as well it's just kind of funny how uh gravitating sports can be for people you know especially where we once strangers but now you know we're getting closer and closer through through a thing called sports and that's one of the beauties of it and that's why I love sports so much ton of friends made through sports and I really think sports has been has been a really great uh, segue for me and that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it and you know kind of get my podcast up and running it's been two or so months now and I've loved every second of it and I'm sure you know and remember that feeling too when you started yours a while back that it can be challenging it can be tough but it's definitely rewarding and it's definitely fun all the way through and i'm definitely enjoying the uh, process and hopefully if your listeners uh, decide to you know give mine a listen i'll definitely be happy to have them on and you know hopefully they can give a little feedback see what they think of it and that's basically what my podcast is all about it's non-biased it's non-scripted and it's just to generate discussion generate conversation because that what sports is all about, is talking about them. Yeah, just
0: talking about sports.
1: Exactly, exactly. And obviously, this will be on my show as well, Sean. So if you would do me the pleasure of explaining yourself to my listeners, that would be much appreciated so they can find out a little bit about about you.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely my pleasure. So, yeah, my name is Sean Guiney. I'm a freshman in college. So a little added uh, detail. Uh, I've been doing my show gynae sports pod for almost a year and a half. I started it in November, 2019 when I was a senior in high school, uh, did that for a couple months. And then Corona hit, couldn't get any episodes out, which sucked because it was a four month break that just really killed my show. Um, but now we came back, had some great episodes. And now I'm in college. I got a radio station at the school I go to and I do a radio show called gynae sports pod radio. Uh, it's an hour long, uh, four days a week with my buddy, Josh. uh, And I take those episodes and make them to podcasts. So I release twice a week, Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, The Tuesday episodes are the Monday and Tuesday recordings combined into one. And the Thursday episodes are the Wednesday and Thursday broadcasts combined into one. Uh, But before that, it was just me. Uh, I brought in a bunch of my buddies from uh, my hometown. And we recorded episodes and got them all out. And it's a lot of fun. Like you mentioned, for you've been doing it for what two months? Mm-hmm. Right? You're around That's, there, yeah. And I remember, like my first two months of getting into it, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. It was also a lot of work because I haven't. Ba- I was balancing school. I'm still balancing school. It's tough. Uh, yeah, it's tough. But um, no, the reward is once you get when you finish editing the episode and you see it pop up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and you can find my show on those platforms. You can find them everywhere. You can find it everywhere on wherever you get your podcast. Uh, that reward when you see it pop up there is always satisfactory. You know, it always it gives you a good feeling. And like you mentioned, sports just being around sports all your life. That's the same thing for me. I grew up big sports family. Uh, all my the first month of my life is when the championships started pouring in. You youngin', so, yeah. You youngin'. It, I like to think that I was lucky charm that brought in all these championships for Boston teams um yeah just growing up around sports really getting into sports when I was like 10 years old uh watching the Patriots in the Super Bowl against the Giants uh 2011 so that was 10 years ago uh, that that's what really got me into sports football with my first love I love football I wanted to it was my dream to be a running back in the NFL uh but my freshman year of high school a couple practices into the season hurt my neck that was the end of the career yeah so that was it would hurt to see that dream die. But not too long after I discovered sports broadcasting, did some play-by-play for the TV station that I used to work or I kind of still intern at. Uh, and now I, my new dream is to the podcast, kind of sports pod, the soon-to-be number one sports podcast in the world. Like I start off every episode saying, that's, that's going to be a thing someday. That's gonna, and who knows? Maybe you'll be number two or you'll be number one, James. So <laughs> maybe. But, uh I only hope. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, a little bit about me, a little bit about my show. Uh, again, check me out. Uh, it's available, kind sports pod. It's available everywhere. Uh, you get your podcasts. Uh, yeah, that's just a little bit about me.
1: I, I, I love the fact that, you know, well, I don't love the fact, but you know, it's unfortunate that you were able, you had to take time off because of COVID and obviously a bunch of people you know had to take time off some way, somehow through work or whatever. And Unfortunately, a lot of people weren't able to go back to that, but, you know, you were fortunate enough to go back to the podcast and just keep grinding away at each and every episode that you're doing, kind of like you never missed a beat. And that just shows resiliency, determination to really, you know, pursue that passion of wanting to become the number one podcast in in the world for sports. And if you didn't have that mindset of that determination, you could have just fizzled away, but, you know, your passion and your, you know, your love for sports is just, you know, through the roof and too strong to let it fizzle away and exactly that that just that says something about your character and like I said your resiliency
0: exactly yeah it's a lot it's a lot of fun I enjoy what I do what I'm doing I knew I knew I wanted a career in the sports world so I was gonna get into like play-by-play broadcasting uh, like radio shows and a friend one day just uh, said I should start a sports podcast and I did now I got kind of sports podcast going it's a lot of fun I can do it when I, it's like I treat it like a business you like, have to you yeah, have to there's there's so many uh, like facets that go into it, um, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's always it's always fun to get an episode done, do a little side project of marketing the show. Mm-hmm. Whenever get whenever those projects get finished, it's always so much fun, and yeah, uh, I have a lot of fun doing it. I'm looking forward to what the next years have for me with the show.
1: Absolutely, and, and you got to keep it like you got to have that mindset like it's a business, like it's a job because you know. To us, it is, and it is, and we want it to be. So if we didn't have that mindset mentality, we would just, you know, not take it seriously. And without taking it seriously, you know, who knows what would happen from it. But, you know, wanting to take it so seriously, making it, you know, our our dream and making it our our job, a business, a profession for us kind of really helps spin those gears and, you know, push the podcast, podcasts, I should say, forward for us.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So it's a lot, it is a lot of work. Uh, some nights I wish I could get to it but I got school work to do which school sucks, comes first school a, comes a first. Little, <laughs> so, yeah sometimes school comes first but uh yeah it's a lot of work but it, that work is always rewarding and that big reward at the end of sponsorships not num- just le- downloads mo- millions of downloads That's how about that uh, <laughs> that reward is gonna be worth it once you get there so yeah it's a lot it's a lot of fun and i um, I'm we we'll probably do more of these down the road, more collaboration. Just because absolutely, I, I know so. when
1: when we were um having our initial meeting, you know, we kind of talked about revisiting it and kind of you know like a few months from now, maybe like you know towards the end of summer, just kind of check in to see how the Red Sox are doing, yeah. the, you know completely um, the Patriots off season, where the Celtics and Bruins finished up. Obviously, at that time, we'll be looking forward to those new seasons for 21 22. So absolutely, no matter no matter what, we have to come back to it no matter what we talk about, the discussions, the debates, you know, fights we get into, we're going to have to revisit this, you know, a few months from now and just to kind of defend our takes and see if our takes were right or wrong.
0: Yeah, exactly. So look for that down the road, but uh, let's just jump right into it right now with this episode. So there's been a lot going on around the world or not really around the world, but around Boston sports, Uh, the team that I hate the most, Like at the most, I the most hated team in my life of Boston sports is this year's Boston Celtics. This team drives me fucking insane. I've ranted about
1: this team way too many times and I would like to have, and I've ranted about them for the wrong reasons. I would love to rant about how good they're playing and how good the players are developing and you know, all these great wins that they have, but it's just so hard to. You're 40 games into it now and you're treading water, desperately treading water. Like, how much more do, you know, whether it's podcasters, you know, reporters, media people have to say about this team, it's not good enough. You're not good enough. You're losing to the Wizards. You're losing to um, to the
0: Cavaliers.
1: The Cavaliers last night, you lose to these bum ass teams that you should easily win. You don't have to blow them out. I'm not saying you have to blow them out, but you should at least be able to handle your business, whether you're home or away. And time after time, they can't do it. They can't do it.
0: It's so inconsistent, it's insane. And for them to be twenty and twenty at this point in the season, they're still third in the East. Actually, no, they're third in the Atlantic. So forget everything I just said. They're seventh in the East.
1: They're seventh, seven and a half game.
0: The thing you're is, you're behind the. You're tied with the Hawks. You're behind the Hornets. You're a game ahead of the Knicks. I you're- mean, at you're you're too good of a team to not be. This bad, like you should be top three in the East. I said before, I predicted uh, before the season, started that they would be around a six or seven seed, but for the complete opposite reasons of where they're at right now. Yes, yeah,
1: so you, you made that projection with the East improving on themselves. Instead, it seems like they're just kind of still muddling themselves. But if the Celtics, who have decreased in their performance and they clearly suck, they're more game. They're closer to being out of the playoffs than they are to the third seed or even the fourth seed. It's just so frustrating because obviously Boston sports fans that we are, we want all of our teams to win every single year and we won't accept anything else this year. It just doesn't look it. I mean, if the season was stopped today, you're playing the nets in the first round. You're probably going to get swept. Let's just be honest. Badly, terribly Bad. swept and Kyrie's just going to be laughing in your face, but Danny, as, as, Aane, he should.
0: as much as I hate Kyrie Irving, he should.
1: Oh, absolutely. He like, he finessed his way out of Boston. He shot himself out, and now he's on the Nets team where it looks like he's, he's pretty happy and looks like they're doing okay. You know, I was kind of against that James Harden trade, but they're proving me wrong there, and they're playing well. They're tied for first. Meanwhile, the Celtics, you would think that they'd have superstars in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, but as yeah. good and young as they are, they're not enough. They're not enough, and Danny Ainge needs to address this immediately and at least make some noise. Get to the fourth seed at least, because it feels like the third seed is probably out of the question now. With only sixteen or so games left, they have to do something.
0: You're game and a half behind the Heat, who are the fourth seed, uh, and you're the seventh seed. So, I mean, yeah, like I said this a couple weeks ago, uh, Danny Ainge has to make a move before it's too late. But I mean, my 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 mind has shifted, and I'd say really just forget this season. Like, you're not – first off, you're absolutely not going to make the finals, the NBA finals. Absolutely. You're more than likely not going to make it to the Eastern finals. And depending on your first-round matchup, you may not make the quarterfinals. So, I'd I just say – am i I've said before, like, really, save the Gordon Hayward TPE for the offseason when it's worst and most. Uh, this season, I mean, just trade away probably – their least performing players like Jeff Teague, uh, Tristan Thompson, get rid of those guys, bring in some value, and maybe that value will be like a lot of draft picks or a guy who'll be here for this season and next season. Mm-hmm. But I I don't want to invest much into this team this season, so I I'm, I'm I'm really checked out. Like they're not going to change my mind. It I don't expect them to turn around and go on this massive like winning streak,
1: but they can't do it.
0: No, they're too inconsistent. And it's this season, it's pretty much lost cause to me.
1: And it was, and it started off the season so good. Like the first 10 to 12 games, they were really good. They were showing themselves, you know, one of the top three teams in the East, really could have made some noise. And, you know, our opinions were completely different about this team way back in the season. And then just slowly but surely, they just lose and then lose and just fell apart. They would surprise you with a, a weird win, like a, a win against the Clippers in LA. And like, what? Like, But you yeah. you can't beat the Cavaliers. You can't beat the Wizards, the Pistons and whatnot. But you beat the Clippers in L.A. I completely agree with what you're saying um, about just kind of folding and it and packing in for the next season as they should. I wouldn't be surprised if they do, nor would I be surprised if they don't. But just from this, if they don't do anything at the trade deadline, that's just them, you know, punting on the rest of the season. They're just folding, calling it in. Might as well just tank and try to get in the lottery at that point. Yeah. If they do go out and make a move, it's going to show us that they are going to try and they're going to be serious about this season. But realistically, yeah, well, like you said, they're one and a half games behind the heat for the fourth spot. That's as probably high as they're going to get. Then they're going to be playing definitely. the heat. You know, say the standings stay roughly the same. They're probably going to play the heat in the first round. And I don't know about you. The heat are a much better team than the Celtics roster wise. And they'll uh-huh. probably beat you.
0: I thought the heat were going to have a bounce, uh, step back year. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't expect the Heat to be this good. It, and my, they're not. Even, they're not even that good of a team, but they're much better than the Celtics. And it's a little surprising to me. I mean, the whole the whole East is surprising to me. Mm-hmm. I, did, I did not expect the Sixers to be in first place this late in the season. I didn't expect the Raptors to Raptors to be out of the playoff picture this late in the season. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect the Celtics to be where they're at right now. Because the whole East is not what I was expecting uh, this late in the season. But, I mean, it's a, it's a game. Anything can happen at all. And, yeah. But uh, I, you just mentioned how the Celtics started off uh, really well to start the season. Yep. And so it reminds me of a point that I brought up a couple weeks ago on a podcast. So, uh, for those of you who do not know me, I'm a big Michigan State fan. Michigan State football, Michigan State basketball. Yeah, you're you're going to like this. You're going to like this. I told him before the show about Michigan State and my and me. So, Michigan State basketball. They started the season 8 and 1. They were they were flying high. They were top 3 in the country. Uh then everything just fell apart. Uh they just barely made the tournament. They're in the first floor. Don't get me started on them playing in the first four cuz they shouldn't be but that's UCLA. that's CLA oh, shut up dude they're going they're going to the sweet 16 they're going to the sweet 16 I predicted that um but yeah they just completely fell apart they could not find they couldn't garner back-to-back wins just like the Celtics and just like the Celtics they started off the season really strong and then they fell apart and it's and it I forget the actual reason why I brought this up but uh, back then but it told me it showed to me actually no so, resetting a little bit, <laughs> they, the, the, the Spartans, they got together. They got together. And they put together three top five wins against, in four games against some of the best teams in the Big Ten who are all likely Final Four candidates this March Madness. Michigan State had three of those wins. They got hot late in the season. So, it inspired some confidence in me that things can just be quickly turned around for a basketball team. And who knows? I would not. So in saying everything I just said about the Celtics, I wouldn't be surprised if they turn it around and they get hot and they continue staying hot for a number of weeks and it lasts into the playoffs. And who knows? Who knows what happened there? Cause they're a good team. They have championship caliber players in mm-hmm. Tatum Absolutely. and Brown. Absolutely. And they made, they've made it, they made it to the East finals before with Brad Stevens. I wouldn't be surprised if they turn it around to get far in the playoffs but I mean, I'm just so pissed off at them this season. Like I don't expect it at all.
1: I don't either. And it's very disgusting.
0: And like, yeah, that's a great word to describe. (laughs) Disgusting.
1: They're the seventh seed and you would think, you you know, let's just look at the Western conference real quick. The seventh seed is seven games out of first place. And, you know, we just want the Celtic to shoot for fourth. That's only two and a half games back. So the Celtics, Aren't completely out of the neck of the woods because to get to the fourth seed, they're only a game and a half back. But we're talking like that, they're 15 games out of the out of the fourth seed. It's there, it's within reach. You know, if they get a couple yeah. games and they win a couple games and a couple teams lose a couple games, they're right back into it. But even if they get to the fourth seed, are they even a legitimate four seed? Now I love your you know high expectations for Michigan State. I have the same about Georgia Tech. I'm not gonna go get into it because they're probably not even gonna be Illinois in the second round but do you have more first round? Okay. Let's, let's not
0: your best player.
1: Whatever. You know what? Childhood favorite team. I have to be a little, you know, biased. with It's understandable. Yeah. So do you have more faith in the Celtics of winning the first round of the playoffs, regardless, say they get the four seed and they play the heat in the first round. Do you have more confidence in the Celtics winning that series against the heat in the first round or Michigan state making it to the elite eight? (laughs)
0: that that is a good that's a good question it's uh it's a strong strong sides but to be honest like from i've seen the from the celtics this season the first round matchup will likely go seven games and they'll just completely fall apart in game seven yeah so i gotta take i'd take michigan state over to celtics
1: they would the celtics would give you a little optimism because they would be down three to two in game six and they would probably win game six very convincingly and very nicely to give you hope for game seven. But then, like you said, they would just choke it away. I mean, they did it last year. Yeah. It's just carbon copy. And I mean, especially if the Celtics don't do anything, let's just say they don't make any moves. Like I said earlier, if they don't make any moves, it's basically telling me that they're checked out. If they do make moves, whether they use the TPE, whether they use some draft picks or players on their you know bench to make a move, that gives me a little hope. That gives me a little optimism. Regardless who they bring in, they're making the effort for it. Obviously, in college basketball, you really can't you know trade. Obviously, you just have yeah. to recruit and you know hope for the best that way. But you know, Michigan State was able to turn around, like you said, they played very well, hit a little lull, but now they're playing very good. And yes, as much as I joked about with Michigan State with you, they could make it to the Sweet 16. Absolutely, in March Madness, anybody can make it to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. We've seen it time and time again. Double digit seeds. Make it far. The Celtics, yeah. though, NBA is just way too different. And when yeah. they have the luxury to go out and make a move, whether it's free agency, trading, whatever, and college basketball doesn't have that, it gives me less optimism for the Celtics because they have all these luxuries. And even if they do or they don't, I just feel yeah. like college basketball is a much different game. And I feel like that Michigan State, you know, going back to my original question, has a better chance making it that far than the Celtics do because. The East is different this year. Um, if you're looking at the playoff teams right now, a lot of these teams do a lot of things better than the Celtics right now, regardless of the Celtics' current roster. I mean, look at the Hawks. They're young, they're hungry, they can shoot the ball, and they can, you they know, fired play. Their,
0: they fired their coach two weeks ago, and you had the same record as them.
1: It, it, like, well, that's like, that makes no sense. The Hawks should be buried in the Eastern Conference, but they're in it. I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to, you know, make some noise in the conf, um, playoffs, but they're there. They're ahead of you currently by way of I don't know, probably a tiebreaker. They've won yeah. six straight games. Meanwhile, you've lost two straight games. Those two game, games could have you in fourth place. So it's just micromanaging the regular season. And if they have the mentality of let's just get to the playoffs, well, you're gonna suck in the playoffs. You're gonna yeah, suck I mean, in the playoffs. Don't
0: even make tank. Like I want I want to I want to see them tank. I want them to tank. <laughs> just forget this season. You're not you're not good. You're not gonna compete. You're gonna get blown out no matter no matter the matchup. You're gonna get blown out. So just tank go for Cade Cunningham, who I love at Oklahoma State. You think they can get that low? Why not? Why not? I mean, State. you got assets to trade for a top five pick. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do not expect it to happen, but I'd let, it could happen. You never know with Janny Ainge.
1: If you can trade so, for a higher pick. That means the lottery is going. The lottery balls will bounce in your favor a little bit more, and then you can maybe make some more moves that way. I could see them getting to the top five. Obviously, you'd have to put an amazing trade package together. But right now, the Celtics are twenty and twenty, and the Timberwolves are nine and thirty-one. Who hold the current um, number one overall pick? Obviously, without you know calculating the the lottery, if they if they can swing away to get a top top level prospect out of college that would be very that'd be excellent for the celtics i mean that kind of slows down their their plan to you know be competitive now and be competitive you know moving forward especially if they do tank and you know kind of quote-unquote retool because i don't think they're going to really look to rebuild but they could look to retool obviously but how is that going to fit with other celtics fans like you know our listeners could be sitting right now and be like We're a championship team, yo. We just gotta, you know, make a couple trades and we're right back in it. Like, it doesn't seem like that's gonna happen right now. The
0: only way you would get a top five pick is if you trade Jalen Brown or Jace Tatum. You want to do that? that, No, no, absolutely not. I mean, I I said before the season I would trade Jalen Brown, but he's been playing out of his mind this season that he's untouchable. Okay, and I mean Tatum is Tatum, so he's untouchable also. But yeah, the only way you get a top five pick is if you trade. One of, those, one of those guys and that's not going to happen if that was to happen uh Danny Ainge would probably be without a head
1: within an hour within an hour so the, the trade deadline for this year is March 25th that's roughly yeah. a week away it's a week or ago. so yeah a week away. a week away do you think now I know you want the Celtics to kind of pack it in but do you think if you were to bet are the Celtics going to make a move within the next seven days
0: My face in them this season, I mean, it would be a minor, something minor, something small that just will not really affect yeah, the team at all. It yeah. would be trading – it would be, like, in all seriousness, it would be trading way Jeff Teague, uh, Tristan Thompson, one of those guys for draft picks mm-hmm. or something like that, maybe even, like, a ben- another bench player, which you need. But, yeah, it would be something minor. If big things are going to happen, which I doubt, it would be, like – a day before the deadline or deadline day. Mm-hmm. But
1: I think yeah. at most, I completely agree with you, you know, a micromanage move, help another team, probably like in the West, you know, be better. I, if I honestly could see them, if you think back to 2016 or 17, I forget when, I think it was 16 when the Celtics traded for Isaiah Thomas at that time, he was nobody. He was a nice little lefty who could score and could shoot. No one knew he was going to turn into the star player that he did for the Celtics. I would like to see them kind of make that kind of move again, where you try to make a move to get better, get a score, get somebody who doesn't always need the ball in their hands. Like, you know, you want Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown to have it. Obviously it just so happens that Isaiah Thomas blew up and became a superstar in like the course of a year, but That's a couple of games. games, a couple of games, right? He drops, you know, 30, 40, 50, whatever. But, like, I can see them trying to make that move and replicate that. Now I'm not going to say it's going to work out and they're going to get the next Isaiah Thomas. But that's the kind of move I realistically see them making if they were to make a move. But the fact yeah. that they just trade Jeff T, Tristan Thompson, or whoever for something wouldn't then, surprise me. Pretty, yeah, that'd yeah. be a Danny Ainge move, and you try to make up some bullshit, be like, oh, this guy is going to be great for our lineup moving forward. No way.
0: No way. <laughs> Especially not this season. No, this, this season. This, this season's been so bad. I mean, it. I'm not expecting anything to happen again. But like, I, I love the emergence of Payne Pritchard and Robert Williams. Those oh my guys, god, Time those guys board. are the future. Those guys yeah. are the future. They're gonna bring the first championship to the Celtics in since 2008.
1: <laughs> I love Rob. He's exactly what we need from the big. I'm so done with Daniel Tice. I'm okay with him I'm being so, a I'm bench so- player.
0: I'm still a fan of Tice. I,
1: see, I like what he brings to the table, but you just get so much more bang for your buck with Robert Williams, at least on the offensive end. And then obviously, you know, Time Lord can you know block shots, protect the rim. Daniel Tice does that as well, but I just think Robert Williams does it a little bit better on the defensive end. You could say Daniel Tice is a better offensive player, but when you have Tatum Brown, I don't really, oh, Kemba, I don't want to count Marcus Smart because he shouldn't have the ball at all. You don't really need that. All right.
0: I need to stop you right there. I need to stop you right there. All right. So what did you say about Marcus Smart? He
1: doesn't need the ball.
0: What do you mean? At all throughout the game?
1: Well, obviously he's a guard. So he's obviously going to have the ball in his hands, but he should be the fourth. uh, Yeah. Wait, one, two, yeah. Fourth scorer on the team behind.
0: So you're talking offensively. Yes. I love Marcus Smart.
1: Oh, I do, too. I love him defensively.
0: He's the third best player on your team. Right now? Right now. Okay. I won't argue with that. I love what he brings to the table, his defensive skills especially. He puts his body out there. He puts his body out there, and he will make the play, barring any injury that could come his way. Absolutely. Offensively, yes. He can struggle at times. I saw – this is going to go completely against my argument, but I saw a stat yesterday – this season, when in the fourth quarter, he shoot he's shooting 5% from the field. From three. Well, I think it's one for
1: 14.
0: 5%. One for 14, I think it is. <laughs> and that was, This was before last night's game also, so okay. I don't know if anything's changed. But, yeah, he shoots 5% from the three, uh, like, in the 20s field goal-wise, in the fourth quarter. But other than that, he can go on streaks. He can get hot. And I – I think his determination to be good on offense is reason enough for him to be the third-best player on the team. He's also the longest-tenured longest, the tel- longest tenured
1: Celtic. He should be the captain.
0: Yeah, if they get offered captains uh, in this league, yeah, maybe, just because he's been there so long. He he would bring a good veteran leadership to another team, so maybe he could be a trade piece. I'd hate to see it. I, love, I would too. I, 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 so I...
1: much rejected all Marcus Smart trade rumors because everything you just said, he's a phenomenal defender. Um, First team, all NBA defender, puts his body out there. He'll guard the five. He'll guard the one. Doesn't matter. Put his body out there, whether he's healthy or injured. I mean, time after time, you see him making plays and that's exactly what you want. When you hear the phrase bleed green, you think of Kevin Garnett and you want to start to think of, you know, Marcus Smart, the way that he plays defense as well. And I love having him out there. Honestly, to me, at the end of the day, he's your sixth man defensive specialist. You rotate him, you know, in the fourth quarter, you know, bearing matchups. And if you need stops, other than that, his shooting is just abysmal. It really is. He can get hot.
0: It can be abysmal at times.
1: He he can get very hot with the best of them. And it's awesome to watch because you think, oh, Marcus Smart has finally arrived. But then next thing you know, he's going like one for nine from three. And it's like, oh, here we are back at it.
0: Yeah, but I feel like all the points that he would save on the defensive end...
1: is worth it, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I that's why I love Marcus Smart. I'm a big fan of his, so... I just wanted to get that out there while we were talking about him for that brief second. <laughs> but actually, another guy that I want to talk about, uh, it has been here for a few years now, Kemba Walker. What do you think of Kemba Walker?
1: Um, Very obvious... It's so hard because he's been injured. I'm disappointed in his overall performance because I don't want to make the excuse of injuries and he has been injured a little bit. Is that the reason why he's underperforming? Probably. I really feel like this is a make or break year for him as a Celtic at least because Tatum's contract is going to take into effect next year. Jalen Brown's contract is already into effect. Marcus Smart is also around 17 or so is Kemba Walker's contract really worth it? If you do go out and make another big move, whether it's over the off season, bring in someone else, tons of names out there. You could do that. You might have to move Kemba Walker in that 30 plus million dollar contract. I like him. He, he's a very nice guy. I've met him in person for an autograph. He's a, cool. he's a swell guy and I would hate to see him leave, but I'm not going to be playing somebody 30 plus million dollars to be your fourth best player or you know be injured all the time i'm just not going to do it but if he can go back and be that locker room guy someone that can maybe score 24 points a night then i think it's worth it but as of right now if i was to trade him right now i would
0: good i'm right there with you i want him i wanted him gone weeks ago i'm completely done with kevin walker he is not worth the money at all uh even though i was i had to so, when Gordon Hayward got hurt and he came back that next season, he struggled. I supported him because he was hurt. I kind of understand that argument, but I mean, he's been he cannot play on back to back nights. He hasn't done that yet this season. I feel like at this point, he should. I don't know why we're still saving him. He might have, he could have possibly helped the Celtics win that game last night against the Cavaliers.
1: And you would like to think that from that kind of player that they can go out and, you know, make up the difference or make an impact in another way to put you in a position to win. But when you're not out there, then there's no, you know, impact for you to make because you can't play on back to back nights. Even if you don't, even if you play like 20, 25 minutes, as long as you're out there contributing and being, you know, a leader that this team needs, I think that's, you know, plenty enough for right now, at least. You know, I think that's would be, you know, perfect enough for the Celtics to put themselves in a position to beat the cat. I mean, we're talking about beating the Cavaliers here. They don't have LeBron anymore. This shouldn't be a conversation. We should be on the next topic by now. But instead, the Celtics are forcing us to talk about trying to beat the Cavaliers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But Kemba, I mean, he's not not in the future anymore. Mm He was when we first signed him. But now, after the injuries, the inconsistent play this season, I mean, I want him gone now. I want him gone now. He has to be the centerpiece of a trade that we get in return. A big guy, another, got, Isaiah, another Isaiah Thomas trade, pretty much where Kemba's Isaiah.
1: Who's gonna want him though? I mean, he's owed 30 plus million dollars, he's 31 or so. He's got a dinged up knee who can't play on back to back nights. I mean, exactly. realistically, who's gonna want him and what would you get back in return? So that makes me think that if you really do want to trade Kemba, you're gonna have to probably attach another player or yeah, a draft pick, gonna even. Gonna yeah. So it the Celtics are, you know, in a, a a shitty situation right now with Kemba because if you trade him, you're trying to make your team better, but you're going to make your locker room pissed off because he is a good locker room influence, but
0: he smiles too much on, during games. <laughs> he He's having fun.
1: He's having fun. Your team
0: sucks, and you're out here having a good time,
1: a That's grand old time. We're talking about trying to beat the Cavaliers here. They're yeah. having a blast.
0: Yeah, Kemba Walker loves to smile when the Celtics get blown out by 20 points too a team they should beat
1: by 20 Um, points.
0: Yeah. But yeah, in any case, I'm not a fan of Kem anymore. I don't want him here. He's not going, he should not be here. I want to see Peyton Pritchard get more starting time. I want Walker to come off the bench. I want Pritchard to get that experience because I feel like he could possibly be uh, maybe a future point guard. If he's here for another five, six years, maybe because I mean, I I was not expecting this type of play from him. So maybe I'm being a little like overrealistic. Mm-hmm. But in any case, I I want to see the young guy get experience. So down the road, if he has to become a starter, he can. I and mean, we also got smart, but I mean he's not really much of a he he can he the point guard shooting
1: guard. Yeah, he's not much of a ball handling, playmaker, field, you know, court general point guard. But I do like what you're saying about Payne Pritchard. He has, you know, completely, you know, taken us all by storm with the way he's played, you know, in his first season. No one expected this at all. We expected last year's, you know, draftees to, you know, really take that step and be, you know, who we want them to be. But Peyton Pritchard has has made noise, you know, every step of the way he was injured for a little bit. And quite frankly, the Celtics missed him. They really did. And then as what was like 27th, you know, overall pick in the first round or whatever, you would think that you'd be totally fine without having Peyton Pritchard in your lineup, but he's making a noise, he's making noise. He is really becoming a player that the Celtics could rely on later in the season and definitely into next season. I definitely don't, you know, I'm not going to argue with the fact that he could be the starting point guard for the Celtics next season. It just all depends what they can do with Kemba because there's no way that they're going to sit Kemba. And I think they should, I really think they should, but $30 million, you're going to have that guy out there every single night. But Peyton Pritchard though, when he's out there, he's making more of an impact than Kemba does. And he's not smiling.
0: Yeah. He knows he knows he's a rookie. He wants to prove a point. So that's exactly what he's doing. He's just taking it in stride. And again, Peyton Pritchard and Rob Williams will bring a championship to this team. I'm
1: not not Jason oh, Tatum booking. or Jalen Brown. No, they, Robert they, Williams I, and Peyton Pritchard. One of Pritchard. them might be
0: there. <laughs> one of them might be there. But these two guys, they're gonna be the reason. They're gonna be like Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. Okay. I'm on, I'm booking that in so I can come back to it and when they win a championship. All but, right, let me
1: let me write it down and we'll revisit this. <laughs> Sounds
0: good. But uh, yeah, um, you also mentioned last year's draft picks. Uh, I'm I'm kind of done with all of them. They're all bench guys. They're all tradable pieces. Grant oh, Williams. It's I hate Grant Williams. Whenever I see him step on the court, my soul leaves my body. He Jared Sellinger
1: 2.0, but worse.
0: But exactly, I was gonna add, but worse. He he's horrible. Everyone. I like Carson Edwards coming out of Purdue. They he held He held Purdue uh, going on a big run. In the tournament a couple of years ago, but he's he's fallen off. He's fallen off, so he's tradable. He's a tradable piece. Uh, Aaron Niesmith was from this year's draft. I think he's a tradable piece. There's a bunch of tradable pieces on his team that hopefully a majority of them are gone. They're mm-hmm. traded somehow, whether it's this season or in the offseason. But in any case, yeah, there's a bunch of guys on his team, most notably Kevin Walker, that need to be traded. They need to be traded. I, I, I or, would, or just release like Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague just needs to be released right now.
1: I, I would just, say they out of the locker room already. Seven guys on this roster right now that we could trade, and we'll either be a okay without them, or we could get better without them by trading them. And Aaron, I was so surprised that the Celtics took Aaron, Aaron Neesmith in this draft. I, I really was. I wish that they bundled up those picks and try to move up a little bit and get exactly. someone more I too more important or whatever because i don't know about you and i probably would think you'd feel the same way do you want three players that are like a b rating you know argument's sake b rating or would you rather have one player that's an a rating i that's want exactly the a rated guy what's that
0: i that's exactly why i wanted to happen i wanted yeah. the three first round picks this year to be traded to the bulls uh along with semi ojo for their for whatever first round pick they had and they're um, going to get that pick on Obi Toppin.
1: oh dude Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's playing so nice for the, the Knicks have a good young core. And that's what the Celtics should be having with Brown, Tatum. And then you look at Robert Williams, Peyton Pritchard, and you know, last year's draft class. That's what the Celtics should be, but they're not because that's an indictment on Danny Ainge for poorly drafting players or, you know, poor asset management by you know trading yeah. those three first round picks, even if you move up a few spots. Even if you just blew up a few spots, that's still better than having three of these bench warmers, tra- really.
0: Yeah, they traded their uh, third first-round pick. Uh, they traded that away for I right. think picks next year or a pick it, later in the draft.
1: It's it's like what what are you what are you doing, Danny? Like,
0: and they didn't they the draft this year. They needed to attack the big position, mm-hmm. and they took guards.
1: It's it's like so they how- they want Taco Fall to take the next step for them. It's like, I don't know. As much
0: as I love Taco Fall, he's just nothing. Well, I don't know why he's still on this team.
1: He's I will, tall. He's tall, I will say, last year, his first game of the season, I was at, and it was electric, dude. I'm telling you, I know. the entire crowd wanted him in. I'm sure you, you've seen it. And just being a part of that, and then he finally got in, it was electric. Other yeah. than that, though, I'm done with him too.
0: Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say I'm done with him. It's just that there's really no need for him to be here. But who knows? He maybe he could be a piece on a young team that needs to bring in ad revenue. So <laughs> the fans and it'll be taco fall that they come looking for. I have taco uh, yeah. shirts. Taco Taco Tuesday. Taco, t- uh, taco time. Yeah, there's a bunch of there's much marketing ploys that we could come up with right now for taco that another team could use. But uh, yeah, in any case, the Celtics are absolute mess this season. Uh, they need to just stop to stop. Forget the season and move on and get rid of Jeff Teague. Number one priority actually right now. Get is-
1: rid of Jeff Teague. This man doesn't miss with the get rid of Je- Jeff Teague movement.
0: It's he, uh, just like Grant Williams. Whenever Jeff Teague steps on the court, my soul leaves my body, but faster than if Grant Williams just step on the court.
1: So you would if rather Teague. keep Grant Williams over Jeff Teague?
0: Sure, because he's young. Grant Williams is younger. Maybe, okay, later, fair enough. maybe he's haven't blown him up yet, but yeah, Jeff Teague. It was good the first game of the season, and it looked like a good signing when they first got him. But other than that, he's been uh, awful.
1: Worst I'd rather and- I'd rather just see Carson Edwards and Tremont Waters get those minutes, to be honest. I mean, I know we kind yeah, of just bashed it you know, the, young guys. the draft picks, the but guys. you have to give it to the young guys. I mean, what is Jeff Teague really going to do for the Celtics team? Bring a little bit of experience? All the playoff experience he has are L's. I mean, all those years with the yeah. Hawks. L after L. I mean, you bring in um, Kemba Walker. What kind of playoff experience does he have? None. One series of course, against LeBron. Of course. Of course <laughs> so it's like, if you're going to go out there and get someone with playoff experience, go out there and get like a, a veteran. Someone Harrison that's Barnes.
0: like... Harrison, Harrison Barnes.
1: Barnes? That's who I want. Why? He's,
0: he's going to be the veteran leader. He'll be the veteran guy that they can bring in. Uh, it would be the Gordon Hayward TBE... Uh, Definitely a bunch of other guys.
1: What experience does he have, except that one year with the Warriors?
0: Uh, maybe that's enough because he he at least had a championship.
1: Okay, right? fair enough. Yeah. And championship, championship obviously championship. in the NBA means so much. It means so much.
0: But plus, he's having a decent season.
1: He is. I was completely against that big contract that he signed years ago for like it was like a max deal at the time or whatever. And no, it's it like was, he's it's not like worth it.
0: Five million dollars.
1: Yeah, but now obviously with the seller cap moving up. It, it's definitely much more reasonable. And now that you have that trade um, trade exception, it can work. It can absolutely work. And you know what, if the Celtics are going to make that push, like we kind of mentioned, they should do it. They should do it. I wouldn't mind it. He's another scorer. He's uh, another wingman. He can, you know, stretch and play the and four. You can go up and play the, the two.
0: Something that you need to, you need to address the wing. Also there's so many positions that you need to address. Like it's insane. Bigs, all five. wing no, de- Just all five. <laughs> Plain, and simple, all five positions. is what you need to address. And, do something yeah so yeah I like Harrison Barnes I want Harrison Barnes and that that's like a lot of hype that's a well a lot of hype and rumors around the league are Harrison Barnes and the Celtics
1: I wouldn't mind that I really wouldn't because he I mean he brings a lot of good things to the table that maybe Tatum or Brown can't do I mean he has that championship even though he was young with the Warriors but that means something in the NBA that really does and if you can kind of package all that up, have Tatum Brown and Barnes. Now you got yourself a little big three right there. You have yourself a good core, a, a nucleus right there to really mold the rest of your team around with time, Lord, and then smart. You, Richard, if you move on from you know, Pritchard, um it just really helps, you know, the ball rolling and it'll show us Celtics fans that the Celtics are serious about this season and about making noise this season, winning a finals this year, though they probably won't. Yeah, but at least it's still a notion of trying.
0: The future, there ha- if there's not a finals appearance at least within the next four years, then I'd say the self, Celtics fans are going to be heated, beyond probably more pissed than they are this season. Yeah, because you're you're almost going to be wasting away the whole contracts of Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum, and in today's league, if you if you aren't successful, guys are going to want to leave.
1: Oh, the, ah. the players control that league so much. If a player wants to be traded, they'll get traded. They'll get,
0: they'll get traded. And
1: that's honestly not how it should be. But I understand, you know, if they hate it at a place. Hey, I'm go- I am I want to get traded. They'll get traded. It's yeah. just that simple. And we don't want to see Brown and Tatum get to that point. We want to see player other players get to that point and want to come here.
0: Yeah, so for, within four years, you need at least a files appearance. And if not, things are going to be – things are not going to be good. They'll not be pretty. and. You could fall back to your 2013 Celtics team and be like that for a number of years.
1: I mean, if they're not going to do, if they're not going to make the finals or make any noise, then might as well, right? I mean, yeah. What else is there to look forward to besides hitting the reset button, trading away everybody that's not named Brown or Tatum, and just kind of hoping for the best? Well, I guess in your case, you love Marcus Smart, and I do too. So,
0: everyone who's not traded,
1: who's not named Brown, Tatum, and Smart, get out of here. Hey, Brown Williams.
0: Rob Williams is untouchable.
1: Time Lord, I, dude, he needs to. He needs way more time than he's getting. He really does. He is the focal point of our defense. Him and Smart are brick walls.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love Rob Williams. I think he's he's the future. He, he's, he's finally future
1: grown into the player that we expected him to be a couple years ago when we drafted him, and it honestly feels so good.
0: Absolutely. It feels so good. I feel he's. I feel like just watching him now. It makes me feel like we have a, almost like a certified superstar, pretty much. A, mm-hmm. The big plays and he makes the big dunks, the lobs, lobs to rob. I mean, all of that. It may, it gives you a good feeling that this guy is going to be something. This guy is going to be something.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's what you want. And that's what we want. And that's all we need from him too. Is just to be in the paint, whether it's dunking, alley oops, blocking shots, defending the rim. That's all we're at. We're not asking him to be a stretch five. God no. But as long as he can do everything that you just said and everything that he should be doing, he can be a legitimate force at center. Absolutely. And to to finally say that as a Celtics fan, that feels so good because for years upon years, we haven't had a real center. I mean, you Kevin Garnett was a power forward, but he had to play the five. If you want to call a 36-year-old Shaquille O'Neal the last legitimate center the Celtics had, so be it. But Robert Williams, he, he feels like it. And it feels good.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I love Rob Williams. I love Pritchard. I love Smart. Uh other than push. that other than that, I mean there's a bunch of pieces that need to go, starting with Jeff Teague and then Kevin Walker and then Grant Williams.
1: What about Tristan Thompson?
0: Oh uh, yeah, that, that's a good guy. Uh or actually not a good guy, but a good point. Um, yeah, no, he need, he should be traded. He should he's okay. He's an okay player. Mm-hmm. But he should be traded, and I'm not saying he should be traded like how Kemba Walker should be traded yep. or uh, anyone else should be traded. He needs to be traded because he will bring value to another team, and we really don't need him. We don't need him. He was he's, good. He's he's a decent. He's a decent guy this season. He still has, he still has some game left in him. Um, but other than that, yeah, he would be a good fit somewhere else.
1: He doesn't fill the need that we. He's a, a undersized center, and that really doesn't cut it that much in the league anymore yes he can go out and kind of guard the perimeter where everybody can shoot threes nowadays but just have tice go do that if if you're going to have you know an undersized center just have tice do it and then have rob williams as as the big man the legitimate big man because tristan thompson that money can go towards something else i mean he's almost making 10 million 9 million whatever it is that money can be much more um efficient elsewhere you know trade thompson trade teague Use that money, plus the TPE, if you want to go in this year and go get yourself a legitimate player. Obviously, if that's not the case, then, you know, I don't know why they're here. I mean, I really don't. I mean,
0: it was a good signing. It was a good sign to get Tristan Thompson. But as the season has gone on, obviously, it's not working out. So he's a tradable piece that you really should get rid of. You really don't need him. You can find somebody else that will be just as effective. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Tristan Thompson should be traded. Um, one more guy actually that I want to just quickly quickly get to. Okay. Uh, actually, yeah, Jason Tatum. How have you liked him this season? I feel like he's been a little underperformed.
1: I feel like because of the explosion that he had last year before COVID, and then obviously after COVID, once the playoffs kind of rolled around. I think that success has kind of uh, ballooned him a little bit and got into his head. So he thinks he's bigger than he is. Like he's looking for all those superstar calls that, you know, LeBron James gets, he doesn't make players around him better, which you want from your best player. Like if you put LeBron on any team, they're an immediate finals contender because LeBron makes everybody around him better. You could say the same thing about Curry and Durant. Tatum thinks he's at, at that level, but he's not. He doesn't make the rest of the team around him better and that's the one knock I have on him. Other than that, his play, statistically, I like, but the um, the effort and just you know the other intangibles I see on the court, I think, are lackluster.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm right there with when you mentioned the fouls and the, he looks for the superstar fouls. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing that I hate about him. He's he should know this by now that he's too young. He's not as experienced as those superstars who get all the calls. Mm-hmm. He's not going to regain that just yet. Maybe in a couple of years when he wins his first MVP, but not now. And I want him to understand. I want him to understand that so badly, like it hurts. It hurts, but he just can't. And it's the really the one thing that I don't like about Jason Tatum. Other than that, I love his play. Sometimes some nights he's good. Some nights he's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you can say that for just about everyone on this team. Some nights are good. Some nights are not. And it's really the only thing that you can say about somebody, most of these players on the team. Yeah.
1: I, 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 oh I, I love the progression that he's made every single year. Like when he first got into the league, when we had Kyrie, I mean, Kyrie was the guy, but when Kyrie was injured, Tatum stepped up. And he became that guy for the Celtics against, you know, the Cavaliers in that, in that Eastern conference finals, he was the guy. And he's you know grown every single year since then. But I think he, th- like we've said, he thinks he's one of those guys, the superstars, the LeBron, Currys, Durants, but he's not there yet. Could he get there? Absolutely. 100% could easily get there. But for now, dude, just go to the rack, go hard. If you get the foul, you get the foul. If not, don't complain about it. Go back and play some defense. That's how you make the rest of your team better by leading by example. And if you want to be a leader on this team, you have to do the right thing when it doesn't come to points. I mean, look at Marcus Smart. He puts his body out there every single night. He leads by example. Obviously, his offensive game is a completely different story, but defensively, he leads by example. He makes everyone else around him better when it comes to defense. Tatum needs to do the same thing offensively. And I don't think he's just there yet. Like the Celtics don't have a legitimate ball handler a legitimate playmaker for others like um a true point guard like a rondo or something you know he passed the ball to the big three um generated shots for them if tatum i don't want to have to say if tatum was that guy but if we had that guy i think tatum's game would take another step but until then i'm more happy with who he is right now than i'm upset with him if that makes sense
0: yeah i know that makes a lot of sense uh, you just, you did remind me of the hustle, and that's actually the second thing that I don't so much hate about him but dislike about him. I'm, there was one play, I can't put a game and quarter to it, but he had, something happened on the offensive side of the ball, and Tatum wasn't happy about it, and he just slowly jogged down the court. As he, slowly down, as, as he slowly jogged, uh, whoever they were playing, they blew right down the, down the court to the rim and scored. And I think it was Tatum's guy that he should have been guarding, but he took his time because he wasn't happy with the official. Mm-hmm. You're too young, and you should not be doing
1: that by now. Yeah, and, like, you'll see Tatum lose the ball or throw a bad pass, whatever, and he'll just sit there, throw his hands up, no bend complaint. over and be, like, in disgust. It's like, dude, just get back on defense. Make it up that way. If you miss a shot, if you turn the ball over, make it up on defense. Get a steal. I mean, you lead the team in steals. You have the defensive capability. Go do it. Go do it. Yeah,
0: definitely. But – who knows he'll, hopefully he'll smarten up and i want him to smarten up i want every i want so much to change with the celtics it's insane i hate it, the
1: it's, celtics so much. yeah it's it's uh you, they win a few games it's they bad. give you hope and then they'll lose a few games and it's just like bro now we're 540 games a lot, in.
0: Of, a lot of people got so hyped up over those uh four wins in a row before the all-star break mm-hmm. all, they were all at home they were all against inferior opponents who were struggling with injury or something like, of course, you're going to win those games. As bad as you as bad as you have been, you're going to win those games. You're a good home team, but you're awful on the road. Yep. So, I wasn't as hyped up over those wins as everyone else, but people just need to realize there are too many fanboys for the Celtics. They it's take every terrible. little. It's good, so they gross. Take every little good thing, and blow it up into a big reason.
1: And they refuse and reject the bad. They're like, oh, oh no, 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 they'll just bounce back. I mean. Look, they played the the Kings the Magic and it was the Grizzlies in the next 3 games. They have to win all 3 of them. It's that yeah. it's plain and simple. At this point in the season, every game is probably a must-win game to be honest. But if you can't beat the teams you are supposed to beat, then how do you expect to beat the teams that are better that are than
0: better you? Better than you. Exactly. Like, exactly.
1: I mean, you play Milwaukee that fourth game next uh, next week is against Milwaukee. In Milwaukee. They just if they lose Tucker. If they lose any of those three games prior, I have no hope and faith that they'll win that game. But if they can win those three, then you can kind of, you know, convince yourself a little bit. Like, hey, they'll have a chance at least, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. So Celtics are an absolute fucking mess, and hopefully they turn it around. But not this season. During the off season. <laughs> next year. Next year. I'm moving on. I'm moving on to next year. All right.
1: 2021-2022.
0: Yeah. Hopefully that'll be a good time. All right, let's switch gears. Uh, I want to get over to the Bruins now. Boston Bruins, a team that wins. is also a little bit underperforming.
1: That's right now, this season, they're
0: fifth, yeah. Uh, they're 15 and eight on the season, or 15, eight, and four on the season. Uh, they're in fourth place in the east. They're, they're struggling, they're struggling as of late. A lot of people think that they, they're the champ they can miss the playoffs. Which oh, yeah. I believe I don't believe that just right now. They have to they have to struggle for a lot longer than this for me to think Dentogram is to miss the playoffs.
1: I feel the Bruins are in a very similar situation that the Celtics are in, but just in a slightly better spot. They're on the cusp yeah. of the playoffs and not making the playoffs. They'll lose a couple games that they should win, and then they'll win a couple games that they maybe not so shouldn't win. And but they're still playing very well. They're still putting in the effort. I think the biggest difference between the two teams is that the Bruins play with heart and effort exactly Celtics don't one thing I love about the Bruins is that they have leadership you know they have a great core of veterans and they have a really good young core of young players which could really you know develop and push them into the playoffs it's really hard this year because you're playing all the same teams throughout the entire season so you lose one or two games to a certain team that could really impact you in terms of the standings that's why the you know all four um, divisions are doing this but Every team is bouncing up and down super quickly and super fast. The Capitals, I mean, they're kind of separating themselves a little bit from the rest of the pack. The Islanders are right behind them. Bruins and the Penguins, I don't think we'll have a chance to catch them. But as long as the Bruins beat the teams that they should and, you know, scrape any points that they can from, you know, the upper echelon of teams of the division, I think they'll be okay. I really do. I mean, they've played better as of late. They're four, four, and two in the last 10. I think when I last talked about them on Monday, they were like three, six, and one or something like that, which is not acceptable. But at least four, four, and two gives you a little bit of hope that there's, you know, better days for the Bruins. And the season is coming to an end very quickly for them. Yeah, this is no the year. Longer. This is the year for the Bruins. It really is. I mean, you can only expect that the veterans can only go so long and you have a really good team around you. They have to make it happen this year. They need to go out and make a trade similar to what I think the Celtics should do.
0: Yeah, no, definitely they need to make a trade soon because it, 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 the East is getting a little out of hand. As long as they can solidify at least third with the hopes of maybe second place mm-hmm. um, once the season ends, then I'll probably be a little happy with them. But yeah, right now they're not playing to where they should be. I no. think that I really think that a big reason why is because of the injuries. They they're down to Kavasky. He's been gone for a while. Kevin Millar, when he was playing, he was playing incredibly well, and he hasn't played. He hasn't played in over a year. Uh, Brandon Carlo, we saw what happened with him with Tom oh. Wilson. Awful. Yeah, I hate Tom Wilson. I haven't liked him for a long time, and I mean, he do, he doesn't understand it more than a lot of people. Saying Brad Marshawn's still a dirty player. I mean, let me tell you about Tom Wilson.
1: <laughs> Story
0: time. Tom Wilson is the dirtiest player probably the league has ever seen. I mean, I don't know much about history. It's like maybe there was somebody dirtier than him back then
1: before the yeah, rules were a thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, he just doesn't understand it. And he he knew it. He knows what he's doing every time, yeah. every game that he go out. He goes out there and hurts a guy, just like what happened with Brandon Carlo. Um, but yeah, they're down a bunch of guys, and hopefully once they all come back, if they can't come back, they'll start performing again, because they they need them back. Like You're playing a lot of guys who should be in in the AHL. Um, I don't know off the top of my head, but in any case, uh, some of them really should not be playing right now. They're too young. Uh, We actually saw Dan Vladar the other night in his first start with the Bruins. He had an insane game going for 34 saves on 35 shots, um, making that insane stick save. Beautiful Both, save. Yeah. He could possibly be the future goaltender for the Bruins. Spend a couple of years behind Tuca and Halak, uh, get that experience, and then he'll come in. What? He'll become more of a backup, and then he'll move. Just like Tuca, he'll be the backup, mm-hmm. and then he'll move to the starting position.
1: One thing that I liked about Vladar's game um the other night is he – the last time we saw him was in the playoffs last year. We he got absolutely torched
0: over. Porched. Yeah.
1: And it's like you can't really expect much from the guy who just got called up to be the backup to Halak after Tuka opted out. And he was thrown into the fire against a really incredible Tampa Bay Lightning team, obviously. So there was not much he could do about it. But then the next time we see him, he comes back and has a game like this. Wow. That was very nice. Could be a fluke. I don't think so. I think he has a lot what it takes. And with both Halak and Rask's contract up at the end of the season. Are you really going to pay Tuca? Maybe, maybe not. But I'm sure you could pay Halak, you know, a, a cheaper contract and then have Halak and Vladar be your goalies and then Vladar, you know, take over after that. Because as it stands right now, I think paying goalies are just obnoxious. I, I really do. And Tuca is, I still think, one of the best goalies in the league. At least a top top five. Honestly, when he's hot, when he's right, he's a top five goalie. But that's Definitely. so far and few in between nowadays. But what I see from Vladar, that was kind of nice. I mean, yes, it was one game, and I hope we can see plenty more of it. I really do, because he could be the guy, like you were saying, you know, you know, get a little bit of uh, mentorship, a little bit of tutoring. He could be your next goalie for the next 10 years. I mean, look at Tuka Rask. He was the next goalie for the 10 years.
0: Yeah. Uh, you did mention how both Halak and Rask were up at the end of the season. So I would actually more expect Rask to resign, and for Halak, to probably not resign uh, because Halak cannot go game after game be a starting goaltender. He just can't. He hasn't done it in years. Mm-hmm. And even for the last number of seasons that he was the starting goaltender, he struggled. He really struggled. So I'd expect Halak to walk or I'd, I'd expect Halak not to resign, uh, Rask to resign and Vildar maybe to be promoted to backup. But like we, because we saw last, in the offseason last season, or in the postseason last season, when Rascal left, Halak came in. And he struggled having to go game after game. Of yeah, he couldn't do trying. it. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't done it in a long time. He has experience in the playoffs, though. He went on a good run with the Canadians, uh, I think, like 10 years ago, making it to the East Finals. And he was a big reason why they made it back that far. But he can't do it anymore. And so he's a solid backup, a really solid backup and a team who's on the cusp of maybe making the playoffs or the finals, uh, whatever it may be, he would be a good backup that you can know you can go to if the goal, the starting goaltenders should go down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love Vardar. I'm throwing out that playoff game where he was, again, game absolutely beaten down by the Lightning. I'm throwing that out. This was his first game. This was his first start. This was his first appearance on Tuesday. Uh, and everything from here on out is the career for him. That first game doesn't count,
1: but uh, I, no, go. ahead, on. finish your thought. No, I was done. Oh, okay. I, I, I really like, I like your point how we just kind of thrown out the, the Vladar thing and like, it's so hard to hold it against him because like that wasn't, if he started that game could have been different. Sure. Could it not have been, could have been worse. Sure. But like we were all, we already lost that game. So we were trying to save Halak and although Halak did have his nice games in the playoffs, once he became a starter, but you're right. He couldn't do it. And say, we do move on from Rask. We keep Halak and Vladar. Do we really trust ourselves to go with Vladar and Halak, you know, on back-to-backs and then, you know, throughout the rest of the season? No, because neither of them are top tier goalies. Tuka Rask is, but what kind of price tag is Tuka Rask going to want in terms of, I haven't looked at the salary cap for the Bruins, but what, kind of money is he going to bring in when he is either a lights out goalie or he can sometimes be a puddle and and you know dribble all over himself against the canadians when they you know play them next year or whatever when you know the season's back to normal yeah a lot of questions for the bruins come the off season in terms of who they bring back who they try to um sign i really don't think the bruins are good at drafting players so how are you going to bring more talent and you get obviously signed players but when you're so tight up against the cap and if you do dedicate all that money to Tuka, where is that going to leave you for the rest of your your roster cuz you have other holes to fill elsewhere your top 4 your top 6 um your forwards it's going to be tough and it's going to be challenging and you walk you let Zidane Chara go and now you're struggling with defensive depth now that
0: was, that was a good move that was a good move. No, I agree Charano. with
1: it. I agree with it. It was a good right, move good. to get rid of him. But when you're looking at it in hindsight, it's like, oh, wow, we could have used someone like him right about now because we're so dinged up. And that all goes back to having depth on your roster and filling out other spots on your roster. I like the idea at the beginning of the season to go with the younger core of defensive players Definitely. and let Chara walk. I was it, it was sad. It was upsetting. But it was the right business move for the Bruins. But now, you know, looking at it in hindsight with all these injuries, it's like we need some of that depth back and we don't have it. What are the Bruins going to do moving forward as they kind of you know struggle through the season right now, being dinged up? And when they get healthy, could they turn it on then? But how long are we going to have to wait till they turn it on?
0: Yeah, but I mean, you really can't predict injuries happening. So. Oh, absolutely. So I'm I'm still okay with Chara with Chara leaving. I feel like I'm not going to regret it as much as I loved him, having brought all these all the success to the Bruins. As much as I loved him for that, uh, it was a good move, and they won't regret it. Going mm-hmm. with young guys, I mean, some of them are really showing up. Trent Frederick, I love Trent Frederick. He has a future ahead of him with the
1: Bruins. He will go out and fight anybody. That's exactly. so awesome to watch. That's and the kind young. of fire you need from from your defenders. Yeah, uh, we saw it
0: against the Capitals. He tried to fight Ovechkin. And Ovechkin was pretty much like, you don't want smoke. You
1: don't want, you don't want, the don't smoke, want to smoke, Young But
0: Buck. he's not afraid. He don't want, but he knows. He knows what he's going up against. He's mm-hmm. not afraid of that. So I love Frederick, uh, Charlie Coyle. He's not even a defenseman center right now. Same to Charlie McAvoy. Yeah, Charlie McAvoy. He's up for uh, whatever the award is. He's like a potential finalist uh, for like defenseman of the year. Pretty much. Uh, he's been playing really well this season. Bunch of these defensemen. Grizzly. He's been okay. Yeah, I got the list right here. Why am I not reading it? Uh, Jeremy Loves on. Uh, not great. Connor Clifton, not great. Uh, Kevin Millard, he's been hurt. There was a, all right, so everyone I just mentioned isn't that, doing that well.
1: What about Jared Tenorti, the guy that the Bruins brought oh in guy. like a week or so ago? I was thinking to myself, I was like, this is just a depth move just to get a body out there, obviously, because the injuries were starting to pile up. And then after Brandon Carlo went down, and Tenorti's second game, he's already out there fighting Tom Wilson. I was like, this is what the Boston Bruins is all about. Heart, passion. And throwing your body out on the line and in his just second game and probably knowing Carlo for probably 48 hours, he's already out there, you know, trying to beat Wilson's ass and make up for it, losing probably our second best defenseman. And that's what we need from everybody if we're going to make a, any kind of noise in the playoffs with the roster that we have, because I'm not too certain if the Bruins are going to make any moves come to deadline, even though they should. Yeah, they need to. They, they need to. But if they don't, let's just say for argument's sake they don't, well, we're going to need players that have the passion and heart that we saw from Tenorti and obviously your other veteran players to go out there and fight anybody, anybody. Because, you know, when it comes to playoffs, it's just you against them. Yeah. And you got to be bigger and stronger.
0: So when the signing first went down, I was a little worried because coming out of Nashville, he hadn't, he hadn't been that great.
1: No, he did nothing.
0: I, yeah, I guess you can say he was a bust pretty much. But my opinion on him has changed. He's really – it seems like he's hes playing like he's been here for years. He's playing like he's been here for years. He's uh, standing up for his team. And like you said, that's Boston Bruins talk. He's standing up for your team. It's all about the team. So that's good. And I'm now happy about the signing – or really the claim because they took him off waivers. Yeah, I'm, I'm now happy about it. I think it was a good move. And maybe he'll work out. Maybe he'll work out here. He hasn't had a point yet in the games that he has played in, but that, that soon could be changing. That could soon change. And maybe he'll be here for the next couple of years. He'll mesh. He'll mesh. Well, uh, he'll fit in. I'd like to see that. I would like to see him.
1: Who knows? Maybe He's a massive body for us. Yeah. He's like six, 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 seven, or something like that. Like really intimidating figure. And all a bunch of these young guys, you know, they don't have that kind of frame. So having that big guy, that big frame back there, you know, it's yeah, all six, about that. In- 230. What is it?
0: 6'6", six, six, 230. Yeah, so he's a, he's a big boy.
1: Old. He's a big boy. Plus you're on like, you know, three-inch skates or whatever. So now he's like 6'9". It's an intimidating factor. And, you know, it does suck that he doesn't have a point. So he's not really contributing. And he's a minus two on the ice. So it's like, what kind of value is he bringing besides just a pretty much a, a boxer?
0: Yeah, not, mu- not much, but maybe things are going to change once he – Really starts understanding his team more because mm-hmm. uh, they got a couple of games coming up against the Sabers, who are awful. So maybe he'll find something during these few games. Oh, the whole actually, team needs
1: to find something in these next yeah. couple of games.
0: Yeah, I mean you're going to get, you're going up against the Sabers tonight actually, um, and so you hopefully she will turn it around and get some momentum going because you're playing the worst team in the league. And it's a great opportunity for them to, you know, find find something, find some connections uh, offensively and defensively. So, yeah, I, these, I, these are I, as crazy as it is to say a game against the Sabres is a big game. It really is a big game. It really it is, really big is. There's a big game because there's a lot of factors that the Bruins need to work on. Hopefully they'll find it during these next couple of games
1: absolutely and i think the rest of the month i mean looking at the schedule they got two against the sabers two against the um, islanders uh, another game against the sabers and then two against the devils i really think the rest of this month is massive because five of those games are against bum teams and then you're playing two against you know a really good islanders team who obviously be new plenty of times if they can walk away with 11 or 12 points out of that holy smokes dude we're going to be right back in it because yeah. they're only three games out of uh, third place right now but they play two less games than the penguins so say they win both of those games that's four points right there and now they're vaulted into third place it's so funny how hockey works because it works completely different than any of the other sports how they work <coughs> off a point system and not just necessarily wins one of the reasons why i love hockey because it is a different than just you know win loss so making up those two games with two wins that's four points now they're in third place but if the bruins can go on a stretch like you were mentioning how you know this game against the sabers tonight is going to be kind of big for us i mean it's an away game you know the next two are obviously away in buffalo against a terrible team say you win both of them gives you a little momentum to go into the islanders game because that's going to be at an important series right there yeah, obviously because yeah. they're t- beating
0: them yet yeah exactly and it's like
1: them. say you run into them in the playoffs you got nothing going well for you so that's why i think this is so such an important next couple of weeks the rest of the month because you're playing against bad teams in the sabers and devils But you got two important games crammed in the middle against the Islanders who you haven't beaten, who you haven't really shown much of anything against. I mean, maybe that one shootout loss um, the other day or last week, I should say. This is a massive time for the Bruins right now. And if they're going to do anything, I think it starts with here, because then you look into April, you got the trade deadline, um, April 12th.
0: The season ends not much longer after that.
1: Exactly. So the Bruins got to show us something if we want to like really buy in and believe because the Bruins are probably the one team in all of Boston that is the closest to winning a championship. And if you look at just look at the standings right now, you would think not, but they kind of are. Yeah. They kind of are when you consider everything else.
0: The players, the development, the connections, the experience. We've made it to the finals not long ago. We can easily make it back again and win another cup. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I I'm expect, I want to expect it. I'm going to expect it. I expect it more than any other team. Uh, maybe the Sox in a few seasons, they're building something special. They got a couple – actually a bunch of good young guys. Uh, they could win something or compete at least because it's still in the rebuild. But uh, other than that, yeah, the Bruins are definitely the, going to be the first team to win a championship.
1: Um, we're, we're looking at the Bruins right now in the standings, just like I said, off, off the rip, they're in the four spot, only three points ahead of the flyers from being out of the playoffs, but I'm okay with that. Like, I feel okay with where the Bruins are right now because of everything you just said, they have the players, they have the experience, they got the, the connections, they have, you know, the young core. So I feel good about this, uh, the Bruins right now. But if you look at the Celtics who are a game and a half back from being the four seed, I don't feel comfortable with that. I really don't. Not at and all. It's the time for the Bruins. You know, they were there just a couple seasons ago against the Blues when they lost. A lot of those players are back, so a lot of those players have that experience. It's a COVID-riddled year, so really anything can happen. And come playoffs, any team can get hot. I mean, we've seen countless times where low yeah. seeds in the hockey playoffs have made big noises. Hopefully that's not the Bruins, but hopefully they do make that big noise as a, as a at least a middle-of-the-pack seed.
0: Yeah, the playoffs in the NHL are so much different than the NBA. Because in the NBA, if you're a good team, if you're the team that's favored to win, you're going to win. Absolutely. If the, if in the NHL, anything goes. You could be the uh, eight seed, having never won a f- playoff series in your f- franchise's history, going to get going up against probably the team that tied the, fr- the league record for points in a season, and that eight seed could win easily. so like saw a couple of years ago.
1: Mm -hmm. it's the hockey playoffs are so unpredictable and that's why it makes it so exciting especially especially when you get into overtime games you know golden goal it's every sport has its own little niche in terms of excitement and entertainment i think hockey has one of the best versions of that because game seven tied up overtime. it's like you give up one more goal and your season's over but if you score one you're, you're raising a cup it's like whoa all right. And like you said, eight seeds can easily be, uh, beat one seeds. It's just all about who's hot at the right time. And that's why it's so important for the Bruins to, you know, the rest of the month right here is to get hot and build some momentum as we look towards April, the trade deadline, and the rest of the season after that. Yeah, It's an exciting time to be a Bruins fan right now. And like I said, I feel okay with where they're at right now because I'm very hopeful and optimistic of what's to come.
0: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not at all worried. I could be. If things don't go well for a little longer, but yeah, uh, playoff hockey—the best hockey, the best playoffs out of the four major sports—is hockey. And uh, yeah, I think the Bruins. If ju- actually, this is actually something I want to quickly bring up. So, last year during the playoffs, uh, when they played the round robin games, mm-hmm. I wasn't—I was not a fan of that. I wanted That's them to – stupid. They should have gone out there and get that one seed because if you're the one seed. I mean, technically, you are—you'll have an easier road to success. Home, team. but yeah, exactly. But and obviously, they didn't. I want to—I would have loved to have seen them get the one seed, even though, like, you're still going to make the playoffs. You're just going to get a lower seed. It doesn't matter. Like, you're going to get the one seed. You'll have some advantages, and it'll look good. It'll look good to see who you're going up against a weaker opponent. Um, you'll make it farther. So I really wasn't a fan of that. And that's something that I hope the Bruins will learn from to always try. You always got to try as if you're a contender, like the Bruins are not the Celtics. You always have to try. If you're a good team in championship contention, you always got to try. If not, then yeah, forget the season, just like the Celtics. (laughs) And like I'm that's, not, a, I, I will not let the Celtics, y'all. That's how I'm upset I am with them.
1: No, I'm and you and you shouldn't them. at all, and you you shouldn't at all because if I mean if you the Bruins, you know, have a terrible stretch for the next couple of weeks, then they're in the same spot as the Bruins are. And if we're yeah. gonna you know bag it for the the Celtics, I mean, we absolutely need to have that conversation for the Bruins if they don't perform like they should. And yeah. that whole round robin thing was stupid last year. I mean, they were in first place by like nine games. And they had to play around Robin to see who's going to be the top four seeds. Absolutely yeah. atrocious.
0: NHL has been really a mess for a while. And Petman <sighs> doesn't really know what to do. Although it was really a smart idea to get ESPN a DV deal that they did. Oh, that was uh, a massive after- deal. Yeah. That was- it's smart. It's really going to grow the game.
1: Exactly. Especially with um, another hockey team coming in next year too. I mean, a ton yeah. of good things are happening in hockey. I mean, it's the best pure sport. I think it's such a fluid game. Love There's not game. a lot of, you know, argument from, you know, players wanting fouls or anything or penalties. If a player and is
0: upset with another player, they drop a glass.
1: Exactly. It's the only sport you can fight in. And it's like, I know the NHL wants to kind of outlaw it because of player safety and all that, but you can't, it you brings can. so much excitement to a game. It completely changes the momentum. If you're down a it's goal a or whatever, game. it's just a part of the game. And it makes hockey hockey.
0: Exactly. It makes it not a, a bitch sport. sport.
1: It's exactly. a physical
0: sport. You put your body up there. You are going to get hurt. You're going to lose a tooth. You're going to get beat up.
1: But you sign up for
0: it. Yeah, you're still going to go back out there and play because you know that you want to. Mm-hmm. Unlike NBA, where if you get lightly tapped in the arm, uh, you're out for the rest of the game.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, It's a it's a mess. But uh, in any case, yeah, I'm not worried about the Bruins. No, no. Not at all. all right. I mean... Um, well, now go.
1: I was just going to say they're the closest team to win a championship. So, definitely. I mean, this, this is it. This is it because, I mean, we can't really bank on the Patriots or the Red Sox as of now. And the Celtics, I mean, we're already calling for, you know, they're next for the end of this season. So, it's yeah. the Bruins or bust. It's the Bruins or bust.
0: Definitely, definitely. And it's really the smartest thing to say if you're a Boston sports fan. It's the Bruins or a lot longer for another team.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what do you guys think? What did you think of part one of Sean and I's uh, collaboration episode? I thought it was awesome. I mean, to really dive deep into how bad the Celtics are doing and the Bruins, how we both feel safe and comfortable with where they're at in comparison to the Bruins. Completely different situations, but although the Bruins are kind of lower, you know, I guess in the middle of the pack, you know, for their, their division, but, you know, they feel like that they're lower because of the difference between, you know, the one and the two and then the three and the four seeds, but... Sean and I both feel much, much more comfortable with the Bruins situation than we do about the Celtics. Him wanting to uh, have the Celtics completely tank the rest of the season kind of took me by surprise, but that's just how some Celtics fans feel, and you have to respect that. So, anyways, like I said at the beginning of the episode, this is just part one, and hopefully you'll be able to listen and join us for part two as well. That is airing on Monday. But, as always, until then, until the start of your week on Monday. I will. See you later. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working...